Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, Jason Wilde. I'm not going to vote for Trump with my Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boy. All right. Be good. <laughs> Presented by Coors Light. It is the legendary journalist, Jason Wildey. Jason, how are you doing today? Well, better now. I've never been called legendary journalist before. I'm not sure Not sure if I qualify for that. A legendary curler, maybe, Matt Hamilton. Well, he's not here. Uh, Alex Strofe is in. Um, legendary hi, goof, Jason. Leg, legendary goofball Alex Strofe is in. Uh, le- he's a, he, legendary... Uh, Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, go ahead. Please, please, no, no. Go ahead. Nothing no. bothers me, Jason. I've got, I've got the thickest skin uh, on ESPN well, Wisconsin. That's definitely not true. That's some bum- it's great to be with you guys. Yes, I, I, I know on? you and Jim, uh, not the thickest of skins. Oh yes, you're right. Because I'm easily offended, uh, and Jason too. So Jason, actually, on this point, we got to the, we kind of brought up the idea that we were making fun of the fact that as a radio host, I don't use my my journalism degree anymore, and then we kind of came to the conclusion that you're probably one of the few radio hosts in the country who's actually can be called a journalist and a radio host. Do you kind of, I mean, not to like, I'm sure there are other ones out there, but it's more and more rare that someone is a journalist and a radio host. I think they're almost two separate things, not to get too meta on it, but what do you think about that statement? Uh, I think it's true. I think uh, at this point, there are two NFL beat writers who both uh, cover the team on a daily basis and have a year-round radio show. Um, our buddy Matt Schneidman from The Athletic does one, I think, during the season for one of our competitors. Um, but uh, Paul Kuharski in Tennessee uh, has a daily three-hour radio show on the sports station in Nashville. But he's got his own website. Like He, he started like paulkuharski.com, which mm. I think jasonwildy.com is taken, so it's a good thing I have a uh, legitimate journalism outlet. So I guess that makes me the only one who writes for a accredited, like, old-school media outlet and talks on the radio and, of course, has a huge following on this YouTube that I keep hearing about that we're on as well. Yes, JasonWildy.com, a wide selection of jewelry? Interesting. Mm. Uh, I would say David Hall, but he doesn't write for, he writes for like their website. So I guess that'd be the other one as well. A writer, he doesn't write for the Tribune anymore, but he is a, a show yeah. as well. But there's very few and far between. Yeah, so does. actually, you know what, Jason, I'll start with that. Uh, I want to get to the Packers thing, but it does seem like the entire offseason is going to hinge on what Chicago does with Fields or Caleb Williams and that pick. Uh, it does seem like that's the talk of the scouting combine. And that's not just my Bear fandom. That's just this national talk. It, it is a really unique scenario that Justin Fields seems like a fine ascending player who has potential to get better with better coaching. But then you have the unique scenario that a team that won seven games has the first overall pick and there is a believed to be transcendent talent at that first overall pick. So, I mean, if you were running an organization, like how would you balance this out uh, as far as the young promise of a, a player who – could be their their version of Aaron Rodgers or, or whatever you know Brett Favre or something in between, or go with the Justin Fields who you know that is a hard worker and is a leader and is everything you want as an intangible QB. Like, how do you balance that out, or how do you think NFL teams balance that out? 
Yeah, I, I don't balance it out. I trade <laughs> Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I mean, look, I, I've said this before, and obviously you as a Bears fan, and we got awesome teammates at ESPN Chicago on ESPN 1000, like Waddle and Sylvie and Carmen and Yurko and Danny and all those guys down there will tell you the same thing. And we've talked about this before. Justin Fields is everything you want in a franchise quarterback. He's a terrific athlete. He's uh, coachable, even though maybe some coaches were making him robotic. Uh, he's an awesome teammate. He's an outstanding leader. Um, he can take the ball and run, which is a huge uh, benefit in today's NFL game. Except he can't yet, at least, and maybe never, reach a point of consistency of throwing the football. And unfortunately, at that position, all those other things are still important, but that's the most important thing. And he may never become an ultra-effective passer in the NFL, right? I mean, and look, let's be honest, the Packers would be in a similar scenario if Jordan Love had not played as well as he did. Like, they feel very confident now in their guy, and they're going to pay their guy. But had he continued and only marginally improved from how he had looked during those first seven games, uh, the Packers would be facing not the exact same scenario because they wouldn't have the number one overall pick, but they'd be having to debate, you know, Michael Penix Jr., uh, Drake May, Bo Nix. Uh, do we need to draft another quarterback high? And and is Jordan Love not the guy? Like, I, everyone forgets this because of the run they went on and, the euphoria and the afterglow uh, of winning a playoff game in Dallas and having the 49ers on the ropes in Santa Clara, it was not good after seven games. And Goody did a press conference after the trade deadline in which he said these are 10 very important games and that he hoped, hoped, which is not a strategy, that it wouldn't take until the 2024 season to know if Jordan Love was the guy or not which tells you that he didn't know if he was a guy or not after seven games. And if you had to pick which way he should have been leaning, it would have been probably against him being the guy. So let's not forget where they were at at that point. Uh, Let's be thankful, especially for huge fans like Strolf and and someone who, you know, I, I was dashing his hopes for the 2023 season when we were at Summerfest in that trailer together. But yeah, there's lots of reason for excitement. Goody's up there today at the Weston in Indianapolis with the other beat writers uh, saying when he's asked if he thinks he's got a Super Bowl team, uh, I do, I do. Um, that's a pretty stark contrast to him admitting on February 1st, and I used this in my story to the State Journal that I just filed a little while ago. It's a pretty stark contrast to the admission he made on February 1st that when they were at 2-5, and five, that they were talking, him, LaFleur, everybody in the building, let's stop focusing on the outcome and the results, and let's just focus on getting better. I mean, that tells you where they were mm-hmm. and now where they are. So be overjoyed, be full of excitement and expectation. But let's not forget that we, uh, the Packers, if you refer to them that way, uh, we as a beat core that covers this team, we're not that far away from writing stories about how and talking about how. Uh, oh, do they really? Do they have to think about Bo Nix at number ten or wherever they might have drafted? It, it's 
it's amazing how this narrative and this team turn things around uh, in the final three months of the year. Yeah, that's, that's really well said, Jason. And, you know, as, as we Thank talk you. through that, yeah, you're welcome. Journalist. As, as we talk through that and, and what Legend could be that journalism. debacle and that, and that situation, mm-hmm. I, my, my head goes to the situation the Packers are facing in terms of a star player, and that's David Bakhtiari, right? Goody said he didn't ha- doesn't have his mind made up on him yet, which I, I find hard to believe. But obviously they need to get something ironed out, whether that be a restructure or just flat-out cutting him by the start of the league year on March 13th. How soon do you expect something to happen in terms of David Bakhtiari? Well, I, I I don't believe him either, right? I, I referred, I must have messed up the comparison this morning to Tausch. Uh, I think of Ron Burgundy behind the desk. I don't believe you. Uh, I He's he's made his decision. Um, what he's not going to do is act upon it and make a move right now, right? I mean, that's the truth. And he had a line in there today about how um, you know, he was trained by Ted Thompson, and you don't do anything until you have to. Well, David Bakhtiari is due a large roster bonus on March 15th. That is the trigger for uh, you-know-what or get off the pot mm-hmm. with David Bakhtiari. And I think we all know that they're not going to make him – they're not going to pay him that. Uh, now, as I think Tausch pointed out this morning on our show, uh, because of his health being where it is, there – there are some choppy waters that the uh, SS Goody has to navigate in order to release him, and there may be some financial components of, you know, him getting some of that money that he's due because he's not healthy enough to pass a physical right now. But the bottom line is, uh, his cap number is thirty-nine point nine nine million dollars. You save twenty-one million dollars without him on the roster, so he will not be a Packer unless. He accepts some sort of ridiculously low-ball deal with a bunch of incentives included in it. And if I'm him, there's no way in God's green earth I would do that. So that's a non-starter. So he, he, it's not a matter of if they're going to move on from him. It's a matter of when and how. And so, again, and, and look, I think David's a smart guy. He knows this, too. But I think he... Given his knee situation, he needs to make sure that whatever the proper channels are to get a, a, a few more bucks out of the Packers because you're being released while you're not healthy enough to play has to be part of the equation. Talking with Jason Wilde, listen to Jason with Mark Tauscher, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. So kind of getting, just kind of taking a step back of the division that I've maintained for a long time, this, this division uh, obviously has been owned by the Packers, but also a lot of the teams have been complicit uh, in the ownership of the Green Bay no Packers. Uh, the Vikings were a team that would have taken the Packers' playoff spot if Kirk Cousins was healthy. I don't think that's a crazy statement to say. So they're going to likely be, if they bring him back, a team that could be competitive. The Lions won the division, and Chicago won seven games with Justin Fields last year. So whatever they do at quarterback, it's safe to assume a team went from three to seven and is very young and has $80 million in cap space uh, will do well uh, and, and jump forward. Same with the Lions, who have a ton of cap space. And obviously the Packers are very young, and they have a lot of, what, four picks in the top 100. So, Jason, this is the first time in a long time where the NFC North might be able to stake a claim to be one of the better divisions in football instead of like battling the AFC East to see which is the worst division in football. Yeah, and but you're right. Much like the AFC East, where the Patriots uh, owned the division for a long time because they were far and away better than the other three teams in their division. Yep, it's true about the Packers. I mean, there were a couple of blip years, obviously, but you're exactly right. Now, 
you know, Goody did make the comment, too, during his 45 minutes with the Beat guys, uh, who were kind enough to send me the transcripts, and so I'm looking out my window in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, that we don't hang banners for division titles. I mean, he said that. Um, and he, again, reiterated that he thinks they are a title contender. Well, um, that's great, and I think he's justified in thinking that way. But I'm not, I don't look at this division as uh, the Packers and the Little Sisters of the Poor. Um, I, you're right about Kirk Cousins. I mean, he ruptured his Achilles at the end of that win over the Packers. I was when there, yeah. The yeah. Packers, the, when the Packers got cheered for getting a first down. Yeah, was, they were booed at one point uh, during that game. They most certainly were, and it was a sarcastic cheer when they did get yes. that first down. So my, my point is, is that, um, they again, they went on a remarkable run. There is all kinds of reason for optimism and hope and excitement. Um, I do say this, and I'm, I'm not, I am not predicting in any way, so Wooly, don't be clipping this. I am not <laughs> predicting in any way that Jordan Love is going to backslide. I'm not. I think he's the real deal. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm not giving him an MVP yet. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl while he's the starting quarterback because there's a lot of variables, and he gets swept up in the excitement, and you forget about him. But I do not believe he's going to backslide. But I do think that there is, you know, there are teams that have had kind of unexpected success, right, which they definitely fall under that category. Um I look at the Jaguars of a couple of years ago, and then they kind of came crashing back to earth. The Eagles are an incredible cautionary tale. Now, they lost their two coordinators who both became head coaches in the offseason, and they, that made Nick Sirianni look like less of a great head coach after taking them to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts had some trouble, obviously, down the stretch and injury issues. Uh, the league comes at you quick, and so I think both – Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst have done a great job of hitting the note of, yeah, it's great, everything you guys accomplished, but it doesn't mean jack now unless you elevate even further because everybody else is getting better, too. You better make sure you are. And I look at this team, and I expect it to be better, but I do think it's worth at least remembering the cautionary tale of some of these other teams that had these baffo years, and then you were kind of like, well, what the heck happened to them the following year? They get to play both those teams on the road next year, Jacksonville and Philadelphia. So hopefully it's not like looking at One of them maybe in Brazil. That's true. Uh, that's the Philly game, right? That could be led. That could be the Friday of the opening yeah. week of the season or something? Yes, that's exactly what it is. I don't love that, but that's completely beside either. the point. Jason, I want to go back to the question I asked you before because, uh, like you do sometimes, you didn't answer it. When do you think David Bakhtiari is either cut or restructures? Uh, the roster bonus is due March 15th, so sometime before that. Uh, okay. Not after. So more likely this week or more likely closer to March 15th? Well, considering he said that he doesn't want to do anything until he has to, um, I would think free agency opens on March 11th. So I would put it at March 9th or 10th Boom. that they uh, do that. That's an answer. Thank you, Jason. You're the best. It's not a yes or no, which I know is the world's greatest game in radio history. Did you enjoy your time with me and Jim Rutledge today? Kind of. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. We appreciate that. That's why he's legendary. He's honest. He's legendary. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Be good. That's Jason Wildy. Missing the dad. You listen to Back Wisconsin on the Man, Apple, Spotify, and those great places. That's brought to you by our good friends at Revive Restoration. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. Presented by Coors Light.
You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, featuring national curling champion and America's sweetheart, Matt Hamilton, on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand.